Hello everyone, JP here. I hope this note finds you well. Summer is here and we will be taking a break. I will be focusing my time on researching and writing the book all about the last 8%. Um, We don't know the title. Roughly though, it will be looking at what does it mean to grow the skills to be better in the last 8%, to use those opportunities to transform ourselves, also transform our teams. What does it mean to build a last 8% culture? What does that mean exactly? In the meantime, we have chosen some favorite episodes from past seasons for your listening enjoyment. And because we want you to keep moving and listening. Why? Well, we know that mood follows movement. And so we have over 145 different episodes. Go back, listen to various ones, listen to them again. It's great for the repetition because there's a lot of good content there, but more so it's about building these habits. Uh, If you're interested in finding out what your predictable default behavior is, that is, what do you do? What's your pattern when you face a last 8%? Go to the show notes. You can take our quiz. Um, But most of all, you know, feel free to join our Facebook group and share everything with other folks. But most of all, have a wonderful summer and we will see you back real soon. Thanks so much. Welcome to the last 8% morning. This is JP Palu Fry. It is so great to be with you today. In today's episode, what do you do when it feels like you are facing an impossible situation? One where it seems like you have no control over it and it leaves you feeling helpless. First, know you are not alone. Second, know that there is something that you can do about it, which is what we will be talking about in today's podcast. Excited to be here? I certainly am. Let's walk. Out, walking, enjoying this gorgeous day, moving as we are able. Feeling our feet on the ground. Feeling our belly rise and fall. And just seeing if we can let go of whatever we were doing, whatever we were planning or thinking about, and just arrive in this moment. At the last 8% morning, we walk. 
we build this habit of mindfulness and movement and mental training so that we can learn skills, be more courageous in our last 8% situations. So just start by, again, feeling our feet on the ground, feeling our the bottoms of our feet contact the ground. As you know, if you're a long-time listener, our physical sensations are only present in the moment. Thinking can exist in the future, in the past, in a story or a fantasy, but physical sensations only happen right here, right now. So just letting go of future, the past, and just being present in our physical sensations. See if you can soften the hands. Relax the heart. And maybe tune into whatever tightness you might feel in the body. maybe in the jaw or head and neck or in the back and just re-relax again and just feel your belly rise and fall. Mindfulness is paying attention on purpose, non-judgmentally. So we just want to have a tool that we can change our relationship with whatever it is we are experiencing in the moment. So we can not fall into getting hooked and making a mess. Not fall into closing our heart off and avoiding. But just be present with what is and changing our relationship to whatever is. So stand tall, look around, feel grateful. Feel so fortunate to have a body that moves, lungs that breathe, a mind that can learn. How excited, how fortunate are we? Wow. So moving to our idea of the day. You want to have great relationships, you know, a good career. You want to be healthy. You want to be well. But you face a number of situations that at times can feel overwhelming. These are truly, and maybe even extreme last 8% situations because it feels like you have no control over them. It could be other people. Could be a situation. Could be your manager. Could be your partner. And there's a lot at stake if we can't figure out a way through because it can leave us feeling helpless, hopeless. It's not good for our mental health. It can have an impact on our physical health. Maybe you're experiencing that. So what do we do? First, know you are not alone. After working with individuals and organizations all over the world, or Olympic athletes, or NASA and 
Navy SEALs, interesting groups like that, I can tell you it doesn't matter the organization we work with. All individuals experience situations like this when it feels like they're facing a really difficult situation and there's not a lot that they can do to help the situation and they feel helpless. And it doesn't feel very good. Stand tall, look around, feel grateful. One of the things I hope you're learning, however, through this podcast, or if you've attended some of our training programs, is that we do have a choice in how we respond. Because no matter how difficult a situation we can choose to stay present and not get hooked and not close off our heart. What does that mean? What am I talking about? Well, first, let me tell you a story. We work with a a fellow by the name of Matt. He's a senior leader in a healthcare company. And he's been dealing with, like you and I, a pretty incredible 19 months, an overwhelming 19 months of first dealing with COVID and needing to change what and how they delivered uh, what they do to their clients to respond to the pandemic. He was also having to decide, along with the rest of the senior team, whether to insist on masks or a vaccine mandate, and more recently, whether to return to the office with data showing that a sizable number did not really want to go. And now he's dealing with a large percentage, or so it seems. He said it's hard to understand if it's true for their organization, but a large percentage of their workforce who seem to be contemplating leaving. You know, the big quit. In Matt's words, he said, this pandemic has been one big last 8% situation punctuated by a number of last 8% moments like these, where difficult decisions have to be made. Challenging conversations have to be had. But for Matt, the interesting part, I don't know if it's interesting, but the... But for Matt, this wasn't the worst part of it all. In his personal life, he has an ex-wife who has been and is still battling, struggling with alcoholism. And while they are not in a marriage relationship anymore, the pandemic has been hugely challenging on her, increased her drinking, and it's greatly affected their shared son, who is now in his early 20s. Matt said the usual way he would deal with this was to get worked up, to get angry at her, um, yet feel unable to say anything that would help because it would just become a big fight a big drama he would say something not very skillful and too strong out of frustration and she would react and and it would end up being more of a mess and of course nothing felt like it would change anyway for all the mess and so Matt started to get into the habit of avoiding so what do you do when you face a really difficult situation like Matt is facing, when it feels like you're at the end of your rope with a difficult decision to make or conversation to have, 
at work, or in your personal life, where you really don't feel like you have much control over what is going on. Seneca, the Stoic philosopher, said, It is not because things are difficult that we do not dare. It is because we do not dare that things are difficult. It's not because things are difficult that we do not dare. It is because we do not dare that things are difficult. So what do we do? What does Matt do? What do we do? Well, three things. It means that, number one, we recognize that while there are many things outside our control, we still have the choice in how we respond. Let me say that again. While it can feel like things are outside our control, that person is going to continue to stonewall in a negotiation. Our teenager is still going to continue not to listen to us, or at least it feels that way. Our manager is going to continue to do whatever they do. Or our partner, like Matt, is going to engage in behavior that not only we don't approve of, but might be affecting our kids, our shared kids. What do we do? Well, in knowing that we have a choice in how we respond, it can help us, number one, so number one, we can choose to just stay present and not take the hook. What does that mean? That means that we can see things for what they really really are. We can see with clarity that we cannot necessarily help that other person or a situation. And because we have this clarity, we don't waste our energy and focus on things we cannot change. So it leaves us feeling less frustrated. Right? So number one, we stay present and we don't take the hook. And we see with clarity what's going on. Number two... We work to stay present without completely closing off our heart, right? Without internally avoiding the situation like Matt was doing. And instead ask ourselves, how can I look deeper and listen more deeply to what is really going on? How can I regard this person who is behaving in ways I don't agree with, but I do it with an open mind? How how do I... How can I regard this person who's behaving in ways I don't agree with with an open mind? That's number two. And number three, it means we can work hard at being aware of how things are showing up inside of us. What we might be feeling and the story that follows that emotion for us. Right? If you're a longtime listener, you know that Emotions show up, such as anger, and they actually have a very short half-life. Some research pegs it at 90 seconds, some 15 seconds. And then the only thing that keeps it going is the story that we tell about that emotion after the emotion. And that keeps the cycle going. Emotion, story, reacting to the story, feeling more emotion, and so on. This is how we get hooked. And so number three is to see what's going on inside of us. Learn the tools that we're 
learning in this podcast or in our training programs and not getting hooked. This is how we deal with situations that are truly hard and feel impossible. Number one, recognizing, seeing with clarity that things are outside our control and not trying to change things we can't change. Number two, asking ourselves, how can I look deeper into the situation, listen more deeply to this other person? How can I regard this person who's behaving in ways I don't agree with, with an open mind? In other words, not internally avoiding the situation, closing off our heart. That's number two. And number three, how can I see what's going on inside of me? Emotion, story that follows, reacting and getting hooked. Those are the three ways when we are facing a truly hard and impossible, seemingly impossible situation. Amelia Earhart said, the most difficult thing is the decision to act. So what action did Matt take? Well, he took our last 8% Academy for one. That's our hybrid digital live offering that uses app-based micro-learning and social learning, you know, live classes over six weeks to help people build the courage and skills to be better in their last 8%. And a big part of this program that really impacted Matt was the use of a peer coach. That is, in the cohort over the six weeks, he, he got matched up with another person. He coached them. They coached him. He built coaching skills, but he was also coached. And the situation he chose was actually not all those business situations, even though this is more of a business training program, but this personal decision and conversation he was facing. And he found that in discussion with his peer coach and thinking of some of the content from the course itself, he decided on a plan of action to not continuing to avoid the situation and instead to try to show up in a conversation with his ex-wife and try to get what we would talk about in the training program to get to the other side of the bridge to her side and simply ask questions about how she was doing and do it from a place not of judgment which admittedly he said was really tough but of curiosity about what was going on for her and even that as he started the conversation just to say that he was anxious about having the conversation with her because he feared of she might get upset or she might get upset with him. And this is all what he learned in the academy. And he said at first he wasn't sure it would help or that it would go anywhere. But then he said an amazing thing happened. They had one of the best conversations that they had ever had. She was way more open and receptive than he anticipated. And then when he mentioned how he was anxious about how it was affecting their son, her drinking, she didn't become combative. The first time ever, she actually stayed open. So the question we need to ask, did anything really change? Well, maybe, maybe not. And the maybe not part is that alcoholism is a complex thing, and it just doesn't go away after one conversation. 
But what did happen is that she reached out and had a conversation with her son where he got a chance to express to her how her behavior was affecting him. And more than anything, something that might have ended up ending really poorly ended up much less so. And Matt felt so encouraged that A, he didn't avoid it or he didn't make a mess, but instead he did what a good last eight percenter does. He stayed when things got hot. He prepared himself for the conversation. He started from their side of the bridge and he didn't start by saying you. He actually talked about his own emotions, how he was feeling anxious about how the conversation would go. And it changed everything. And this made Matt this made Matt feel such pride about how he dealt with it. As opposed to the normal emotion he would feel, which was shame, thinking, oh my gosh, why can't I even have a conversation, an effective conversation with my ex? And it made him feel more courageous for the other stuff that he needed to tackle, like the stuff at work. And so that's what he worked on next with his peer coach. Okay, I got to make some tough decisions at work with his the rest of his senior team and have some tough conversations. So let me ask you, what are you dealing with that seems impossibly stuck? That feels like you have no control over? That leaves you feeling helpless? It doesn't feel very good, does it? I know I've certainly had my experiences like this, and I continue to. And just know that you don't have to struggle in this last 8% by yourself. You can build the skills. You can get with a cohort and work through this. Get with a peer coach and work through this. You can have the courage to take risks, the courage to be bold, the courage to be vulnerable, the courage to make mistakes, the courage to speak up. So as we finish, let's move to our three by three. Three mindful breaths right down into the toes, calming this body. And now three things that you can instantly feel grateful for. On this day, my list feels long. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I'm grateful for so many things. <laughs> what is it for you? And then finally, what three big rocks do you want to tackle today? Think of goal setting for the day. What are three things that you want to get done that would make it a really good, productive day? Fantastic. As we finish, let's take this energy and focus into the day. If you're getting something from this podcast, please, and you have a friend who's struggling with a seemingly impossible situation, share this with them. Share this on social media. Let's spread the word. Let's really grow a movement of last eight percenters having the courage and skill to move in and face our most difficult situations 
head on, feeling a pride that we did what was difficult and had a positive impact on the world. So, um, by the way, if you want to find out your predictable default behavior or your personality type, when you face last 8%, go to the show notes and we have a quiz for you there. And let me finish with a Lao Tzu uh, quote. He said, Do the difficult things while they are easy and do the great things while they are small. A journey of a thousand miles must begin with a single step. I'll say that one more time. What a great quote. Lao Tzu said, Do the difficult things while they are easy and do the great things while they are small. A journey of a thousand miles must begin with a single step. Have a wonderful day.